Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up? Welcome back, everybody. Alex Padilla and Alex Regla with you guys on a Thursday, not a Tuesday. It's the off-season. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing very good. Just got back from vacation. I went down to Mexico, to Cabo. How about yourself? Any vacation time for you? Any any trips? No, I've I've been working summer school. Uh, the uh, school system never ends. So uh, no, just got off work today. Uh, trying to beat the heat over here. But how was your vacation? Everything was great, man. Everything was fantastic. It was hot as hell down there. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Healthy, safe, all is good. Um, I wanted to start off today's show. By saying congratulations to you, dude. Earlier today on Twitter, you shared that you are back to writing for SilverScreenEnroll.com. Well-deserved congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, Super, super excited to be back to work with Harrison. Um, Everyone else at the site, uh, he just hired Jacob as well. So, yeah, he's got a great staff over there, and uh, it's, it's cool to be back and being able to pod and write on the same site again. Uh, you already started writing for him, by the way. So if you want to check out Alex's work again, go to silverscreenroll.com. Follow him on Twitter at Alex M. Regla so you don't miss any of his work. You wrote something today, how and why the Lakers running game stalled this season. So there you go. That's been posted on silverscreenroll.com. Um, how often do you know? Do you know how often you'll be writing? I guess it's different in the off season, but once the season starts, you know, like kind of what you'll be doing. Yeah, yeah, it should be every Tuesday is the plan as of now, but of course that can change. Um, so yeah, at, at least once a week you can expect something from me over there. Are you still going to be writing for the other outlets as well? I don't believe so. I think I'm going to try to focus on just uh, Silver Screener Roll to make sure like. I put all my time and effort there. So, yeah, whoever wants to read any of my work, that, that'd that be the place to follow me. So there you go. At Alex M. Regla, silverscreenandroll.com. He'll be writing for them once again. Well-deserved and right at home where he belongs. Um, we have had a bit of a break because, like I said, we me and you took a little vacation last week. But now we're back, and um, it looks like we're about to head full steam ahead into notification season because uh, uh, I think this stuff's going to act pretty quickly here. And we've already got our first bit of news with some Montrez Harrell stuff coming out today. Just actually just kind of right now here that was, we sit on a Thursday Um, according to Eric Pincus. He says, quote, my Intel is that Trez is leaning towards opting in to his contract with the Lakers next season. So what do you got to say about that, Alex? That's going to pick up a $9.7 million player option. And first thoughts? It's surprising. Um, I think many people just assumed he would opt out uh, given a co- combination of things. Probably people don't think he maybe was entirely happy with his role, especially his role during the playoffs where he didn't play much. Um, bringing Andre Drummond in, kind of shifting around the center rotation his minutes kind of being up and down all year. And then also, you know, it was his chance to maybe get paid or a longer deal somewhere else. But I, I mean, maybe this means Harold and his agency assumed like, you know what, nine point something million might be as much or better than what's out there currently on the free agent market. And not a lot of teams will have cap space. So maybe this is just his way of trying to re up and then 
build and, and play for that next contract. Yeah, I don't know how the, I guess I, I would call it a benching in the playoffs, also has to deal with him picking up this option. Maybe his team is telling him, I don't see us getting $9.7 million anywhere else after that playoff run where he basically didn't play a couple spots here and there. Um, what's interesting, though, is that he is a former sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. If you only look at stats, you know, it's he didn't have a terrible year statistically. No, he, he had a good year. He actually had some career numbers in like certain areas and stuff. I thought he was actually, I know we might get into it, but what do you, what did you think of his year overall? Overall, I thought he got a lot of play because of Anthony Davis's injury. Um, I don't know how much the Lakers brought him in to. Okay, now I now I say this, knowing that what happened in the playoffs where he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I kind of question like how much were they actually planning on playing him if everybody was healthy? Was it more of a luxury to have him on your team than a necessity? Because when AD went out. And Marcus all kind of went through his whole COVID thing. Trez was, was the guy, you know, and he ended up putting a bunch of good numbers up. It's there's not a lot of guys on this team that didn't have a roller coaster season. He is one of them, and it's it's difficult to put my grasp on how exactly I would rate his season. Statistically, it was great. You could tell the fit necessarily really wasn't there. Uh, defensively, you could see his flaws, but the matchups, yeah. Um, I think Trez is a good player. I don't necessarily know if Trez is a good player for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I, I think that last part, the matchup part, I, that that was the most glaring thing, being able to watch Harrell on a night-to-night basis uh, to see which like opposing centers he's effective against and, and not effective. Like We know against a guy like DeAndre Aiden, for example, the playoffs, like a bigger center. That's not that's not a great matchup for him. Um those smaller bench units with like Dario Saric or other small centers around the league, that's where he kind of really thrives and does well. And I thought, you know, when he first signed, I think everybody just assumed like, okay, we got Dennis, we got Harold. We're going to try to replicate that Lou Williams, Montrez Harold pick and roll game. But that's not really the type of point guard Dennis Schroeder is. So that never really worked out. And then I thought he played really well next to LeBron when he did have a kind of playmaker, but Again, you're not going to play too much with LeBron if you're not starting. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if him opting in is another maybe like wink, wink that they might try to sign and trade him somewhere. Maybe like he might be his money coming it back in actually is maybe a good thing for the Lakers that they can try to package him with some other players now. Yeah, we talked about this, I believe, the last time me and you podcasted. If there was to be a trade for any sort of other quote unquote star. Um, the Lakers would basically have to get rid of everybody but AD or LeBron that's already on the roster. That's how little they have to offer. So, yeah, if you're looking at it as a wink-wink like you said, um, then this is a good thing for the Lakers because mm-hmm. now it's another trade piece that that you would want to start to go to play with. And my initial reaction was I think this was kind of the plan for the Lakers if he opted in was, okay, now we can trade him. I would be very surprised if Trez was a Laker to start the season. I, oh, no. I think I'm with you. I, I I think the minute like uh, that report came out of Pincus, I kind of, the wheels started turning and saying, okay, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a Laker. I think this was, again, remember he's a clutch client. Um, they have communications with the front office. I'm sure him coming back was already agreed upon. And maybe the, I don't know, there was a, a deal in place, maybe somewhere else where he would get shifted to or, 
whatever, like yesterday or the day before, we already got in, we already started getting Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook rumors, um, a nine point something million dollar deal that's also expiring. That's also for a big who puts up good numbers. Uh, that's that's not nothing, and I think another team would actually. That's kind of an attractive like cap filler throw in in a trade. So I, I think that's overall this is I think good for the Lakers if he comes back or he doesn't. Yeah, he's also had a lot of not a lot of comments, but he has he's posted some comments on Instagram mm-hmm. about his role and and basically a lot of players say they're down to do what's best for the team. And then when it really comes down to it, if they're not playing, they're not happy. And that's kind of the vibe I'm getting with with Trez is he was happy when he was playing, when AD was out, and he was not so happy not getting any sort of run in the playoffs, which, by the way, I understand the defensive thing. I still don't understand why he didn't play, like why he just was completely invisible. Uh, I know it was only six games, but that's a whole other point. But I think, like I said, I would be incredibly surprised if he was a Laker next season. Now, I don't want to speculate on what on who he's, he might be a trade package for. Like you, you brought up um, Chris Paul and all that stuff. Like that's for another day. But looking back at Trez's season, and by the way, like you said, uh, Jacob was also uh, Jacob Rude was also brought back to SilverScreenRoll.com. He wrote a season in review for Trez. So if you want to read that and his opinion on Trez, uh, that's also up on SilverScreenRoll. And that's kind of what we're doing today. We're we're looking back at Trez and we're looking back at Marcus All, which we haven't brought up yet. Uh, to kind of go along with the pieces that are going to be uh, posted today and tomorrow, um, but he's a very interesting, a very very interesting player on the Lakers, though. Like when you look back, mm. because I think there's a lot of expectations for him, and I don't necessarily think those expectations were reached, according to Laker fans, myself included. Yeah, I, I think uh, like Harold, like uh, along with the other centers that they brought in last off season, uh, they just didn't. It's not that they didn't fit or, or they didn't have good years or they were disappointing. I think it was just, again, when they first signed, uh, we had to kind of reiterate. These aren't stylistically the same centers the Lakers had the year before with Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. Um, those guys, obviously, both really good rim protectors, both big lob targets. You know, uh, The Lakers didn't have any of that. That's why they gave Damian Jones a look. That's why they got... Andre Drummond later in the season, I, I, I it seemed pretty early on that they kind of missed that and they kind of wanted to bring that in mid-season. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's why a guy like Harrell, it seemed like he had a disappointing year just because he didn't do the things that the centers before him did. And like fair or not fair, I, I think that did kind of cast a shadow on him. And But uh, again, I think the Lakers do need that. They do need a lob threat. They do need a rim protector. But um, yeah, they just didn't, didn't have that. Yeah. He also didn't duplicate the season he had with the Clippers the year before. Like He didn't average 18.5 points and 7 rebounds. Now you're going to say he played a lot less. and He played more games. Mm-hmm. But he did end up playing a lot less minutes. So that could be why, I guess. But I think that he showed so many flashes of being brilliant on the offensive end. But it was never consistent when he did play. And that was a key source of frustration for myself, at least, is knowing what he can do offensively when he puts his effort into it. Yeah. A lot of times you could see that some nights he just wasn't really there. How how much of that do you think is the 
the constant injuries and not playing with a guy like AD, a guy with LeBron for more than, I don't know, like 20, 30 games. But that's when I feel like you should shine. Like, sure. We, how many times have we seen that same thing with Kyle Kuzma when, when he was forced into a starting lineup? Like, oh, look at there. He goes, drops 25 points. You know, it's uh, I feel like it's your opportunity to get more minutes, get more playing time, get your numbers up and and work towards that. Oh, I don't need to opt into nine point seven. I can play myself out of it like Rondo did two years ago. I'm going to play out of myself, play out of a veterans minimum with what I can showcase when I get the opportunity. And he just did it. Yeah, it's, it's just tough. I, I think, like you said, every player on the team did have a roller coaster year for a variety of reasons. And Harold's just like an interesting guy. He's a small center like for his size. I think he's like what, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, somewhere in there. He's not a like a, a lob threat. Like he can finish lobs, but he's not gonna jump over guys. He's more of a like a horizontal score instead of a vertical score where he's kind of just straight to the rim and picking rolls and stuff like that. And he's again to his credit, like when he does get chances at the rim, he was amazing this year. It's just mm-hmm. it, it looked different than Yeah, he was the I believe he was second in the team on field goal percentage. Yeah. Um Well if you count Damian Jones. I just don't know. It's interesting because I know we're going to talk about Gasol in a bit, but I wonder if the Lakers kind of learned something from their centers this year and if they try to go back and replicate what they had the year before or if they try to stick with like a more versatile center group. So that's another thing that's interesting too because in my opinion, the centers were the weakest part of the team this year. Um, I just was never impressed by any of the three and that's including AD just because he was hurt the entire time. So... When people say now, we've had this conversation as well, should we run it back, quote-unquote? Should we try and bring everybody back and kind of run it with the same team that we had this year? And I see a lot of people saying, like, we were up 2-1 on the, we were up two to one against the Suns. Um, you know, we were winning game three until AD got hurt. We had the second-best record in the, in the West in the, uh, when, when we were healthy, and then it all fell apart once we started getting hurt. So I hear everybody saying, you know, this Laker team is legit. It's already there. As long as AD and LeBron are healthy, that's what really matters. And my kind of argument to that is kind of what you just brought up. What about two years ago when they won the championship? Why'd they tear that up? If they were already good enough to win the championship and they were already the best team out there, then why'd they tear it up? And then everybody, when then when they tore it up, then did we not all say they were better on paper this year? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, was there like again it feels like so long ago but was there a big was there backlash or was there criticism of not running it back the year before when it worked like i i think the majority of us like not even like the media people i think fans just thought yeah these were the right moves to make you got younger with dennis the bigs just were more skilled in harold gasol but just in different ways uh yeah, i didn't understand the bigs moves okay i think i thought it was I do remember praising getting Trez. I mean, anytime you get the sixth man of the year, you're great. But why move on from the two bigs that surprisingly worked last year when you didn't have to? It, yeah, I, I mean, so... the Dwight, I was never a fan of Gasol. No, you know I know, that. I know that. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed weird. Uh, the Dwight thing was, was weird. Uh, if you remember, there was like a miscommunication where it, yeah. it looked like he was coming back. He, was, he announced he was coming back. Yeah, um... So that that just seemed botched, uh, I think, a little from both sides, really. And JaVel ended up just being uh, trade fodder to to make room for Gasol. So, yeah, they took a different approach. They took the talent over fit, maybe, uh, standpoint. And 
That's it, what it was. It, it took talent yeah. overfit. And it came back and it kind of bit them in the butt because then you realize, hey, Trez is very talented, but it's I have to bench him the entire playoffs, which you did for JaVel and Dwight at sometimes. You just weren't healthy. Um, so I understand the argument both ways. I totally do. I'm just trying to present like a counter argument. Mm-hmm. So I, because I, I do see a lot of people saying that the Lakers were good enough to win the championship this year if they were healthy, but they did win the championship two years ago, and with a whole different team, and then we still tore it up. So I, when people want to say like, oh, let's bring Trez back, let's keep him, I, I don't see Rob Palinka ever really having a boring off season. I kind of just see him you tinkering yeah. with the with the roster every off season he can. Yeah, and going back to that talent versus fit thing, I think Palinka so far, in terms of him in the front office, have always leaned talent. I think that's going to be the same thing this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if, again, yeah, I would be I would be shocked if it's just bring everyone back. I don't think it's going to be that. I think there'll be a move or two, maybe like a big move. And, uh, yeah, it was just interesting that Harrell's opting in. I, right. um, I'd be shocked, yeah, if he's a Laker even maybe he's a Laker to start the year if something doesn't happen, but come like trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I'd be shocked if he's still here. So that's according to Eric Pincus that, that he, that Trez is leaning towards opting in. And he hasn't actually opted in yet. That's just a report. Pincus is very reliable. Yeah, I was going to say Pincus doesn't report a lot, but when he does, he's usually uh, spot on. Right. So we'll see what happens there. I tend to believe it too. I don't think Trez is going to go get like Schroeder. Turning down eighty three million, I believe it was eighty four million. I don't think Trez would turn down nine point seven because I just don't like you're just your peaks and valleys as an NBA player. You get hot, you don't, you don't like so. I don't, I don't know if his team is telling him you're not going to get ten million dollars somewhere else. So might as well just pick it up. And then if you do pick it up and they don't trade you, now you're on the Lakers for another year. Sure, you already live in LA, so there's a lot of win win for Trez. There's a lot of win win. Agreed. Trez. Agreed. I, I don't. I don't think the, the money was going to be out there, or at least enough of it to make a difference. I think now he's in a spot where, like you said, if he comes back, he gets to play with a healthy LeBron, a healthy AD, um, probably better players around him, fit wise, uh, if they make any moves, and he gets to put himself in his position to get a bigger contract next summer, or maybe even if he does well, resigns with the Lakers. It's the complete opposite of Rondo last year. Rondo played himself into a bigger contract in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? So he opted out of the veterans minimum, and then he got, he got paid. a boatload of money from the Hawks and he ended up <laughs> back on the Clippers. So you never know. You never really know. The other center that we have kind of briefly mentioned, and you all know my feelings on Marcus All, and I, I think it's great because, Alex, you feel opposite. I mean, you you were always a proponent of Marcus All, but when you look back at the year he had, what is the thing that stands out to you the most? Ah. Uh... Like I, I guess he, he's like one of the, the biggest like what ifs for me on this on this team. I like before the year I called him kind of like he was gonna be the glue of this team. And I think he was supposed to. I, I think a lot of a lot of his skills were supposed to be the glue of how this team was run. He was gonna be the spacing center so A D could operate in the paint more. They didn't they didn't have to have two kind of guys stuck in the in the paint. Um that didn't really transpire as, as much as I think many people thought. His passing was really good when he had a chance to pass. His defense was better than I think people gave it credit for. But at the end of the day, um, being slow-footed, having uh, the COVID things, unfortunately, and just kind of being up and down with his role as well, like being a starter, then coming off the bench and not playing for five games and then playing for five minutes. And, and again, to his credit, he did play well when he was 
thrown back in there when not playing for a few games. But I, yeah, it just seemed like he was another guy where he never really found his footing with the new guys. And I, he, he's a guy though. I think I, I would probably bet bet on him coming back. Like I don't know about you. Do you think he's 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 under contract? He is going to come back unless they trade him. Um, do you think he'll be back? I don't know. Like I, I think there's two guys that I would guarantee are back, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, who's that? Two guys, AD and LeBron. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, thought you meant two besides guys. those two guys. I no, thought. I mean that's it. Okay. I really would never bet any sort of money right now that THT, KCP, Kuz, Gasol, Trez, even if Caruso, like, I mean, I don't know if Caruso's coming back or not. I don't, I wouldn't bet on any of those guys to be back. I that, I'm not confident on any of those players to be back. Yeah. It's a toss up for everyone who's unrestricted, like Caruso, all them, like we would hope they come back, but yeah, like we don't know what other teams will offer them. Like a guy like Caruso can be thrown a ton of money his way. And that, I mean, that might be really appealing for him. Um, or we could very much be blinded by our love of Caruso that he won't get that much money. Maybe. I, I, I know, don't know. I think, there, I think there's a lot of fan bases out there that don't look at Alex Caruso the way we do. And I've heard it from a lot of my my people that mm-hmm. there's like, well, I don't understand what Laker fans see in Caruso. I've So maybe we're blinded by our own affinity for the man. Hey. Selfishly, I hope that's the case, and he comes back to the Lakers at a at a fair rate. Um, but yeah, and Gasol, like, um, he's another guy like Harrell who who just felt very matchup dependent. I, I thought the Phoenix matchup was a really bad matchup for him. Like Phoenix hunted him on pick and rolls, like campaign and Booker, uh, Chris Paul. Like, whenever they got him on a switch, they just blew right past him. That that wasn't the series it, it felt like he would be best at. I thought against a team like Denver, that again, that with Gasol came in, we we circled like Embiid, Jokic, Nurkic, like these big centers. That that's who we want Gasol to play against. But we never really got to see it because of the Phoenix thing. Uh, yeah, I, I I think he's like still but a really like who, solid center. But like, who doesn't blow by Marc Gasol? I guess when you say it's like no, a bad matchup true. defensively. Like who doesn't? Even like he couldn't really handle Jokic all that well. That, I mean, nobody could. That's but. fair. Yeah, like that's that's so he's a in my opinion he's a complete liability on defense like Trez and for an opposite reasons. And offensively I thought he was he was pretty good in the spots that he ended up playing. So he's he's a big headache because you know you're going to get a better offensive minded player when he's on the court, better passer. He could, he was pretty good on threes. I think he shot like over 40% last year during the regular season when he did play. But then on defense you're like dude, he can't guard anybody. So it's only going to get slower. I don't see him getting faster next season. I I just think that if he does come back, it's because they're stuck. I mean, he's he's under contract. He's I know. he's coming like, back. I think they're stuck. He's coming back unless again they trade him. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like they're stuck with him. Like I don't know who would trade for him unless he gets thrown in as a as a as a whatever. That, that's the thing. He doesn't make that much money. <laughs> like if he does get thrown in, it it's. I don't. I don't really know why, uh, unless they really need that extra. I don't know, three million, whatever he makes, uh, to like grease the wheels. But if that's the case, a guy like Alfonso McKinney seems like more likely because he has a non-guaranteed contract. But um, and there's like he's a cheap center. Like I still think Gasol is better than a minimum center. I think he's still a solid contributor, and I think his spacing again. 
hypothetically, uh, not saying it happens, but if they mm-hmm. were to get a guy like Westbrook, for example, they're going to need as much spacing on the floor as yeah. they can get. And Gasol can at least still do that. Yeah, that's interesting, too. When you start, I mean, we're doing podcasts on it, too. I believe the one yesterday was about Paul or Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. And uh, I mean, we're not really going to talk about it, but no. please keep Chris, Chris Paul away as far away from me as possible. I, I don't want that. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Again, don't that Pincus article made it, it made it pretty clear. Like, it, it's possible, but yeah, that money uh, it, it is tough. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. But anyways, and that's not the point. You're right that, yes, if they do bring in someone like that, they're going to have to space it out. Gasol does do that. And he does it on the cheap. I yeah. just am not convinced that he can stay healthy. I'm not convinced that he's worth having on the floor on defense. I, I mean, I'm just very down on Gasol. You, there's nothing new here. But am I being too harsh? Am I just not seeing any positives? Uh, I mean, again, like I, I can see the pros and cons with Gasol. I've seen it all year. Uh, I, I understood why they wanted to go after a guy like Drummond or uh, that kind of archetype. I understood it. Like Even though I thought Gasol, that starting lineup, again, before everyone got hurt and everything happened with COVID, like, again, they were like a plus 21 or something net, and they were winning games by a lot. Um, I... I Again, at his price range, it's not like he's a max player. He's only going to pay the minimum. And if he's, like, I think after that midseason thing, after Drummond happened, where he kind of had some comments to the media where he seemed unhappy, he kind of cleared that up really quickly. And then his uh, his uh, comments towards the end of the year, um, yeah, he seemed like everything was past him and he was happy to be on the team and he loved being here. So if he's just, again, a guy who accepts his role, I, I don't really see a downside to it. Quote, a big three with LeBron, Chris, and AD will equal an NBA championship. Any idea where you uh, think that comes from? Uh, like Stephen A. Smith or someone? Magic Johnson. Oh, Magic Johnson. Uh, close enough. <laughs> close enough. I just, try, I just checked Twitter <laughs> to see if I, if any, if anything else happened before we, we wrap up here. Magic's tweeting about his vacation. And I was like, oh, I remember him. Like the moment after the Bucks won the finals uh, two days ago, he was tweeting about how Chris Paul should opt out and join the Lakers. Yeah, I like, I don't know. If Magic Johnson tweets anything, I kind of just raise an eyebrow on him. But yeah, um, um, I, re- I bring up the Bucks, and I, I would like to, to wrap up on this. Yeah. Um, I feel cheated. I feel absolutely 100% cheated. And I wonder how the Laker players that won a championship last year feel as well. Because watching them celebrate two nights ago, watching their parade this morning, watching the what they call it, the Deer Center in the front of 65,000 fans as they clinch game six, I feel cheated. Is that because you think the Lakers could have beat the Bucks? No, it's because the Lakers didn't get to do any of that fun stuff when they won. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Like, we still haven't had that, huh? Uh... The, the Bucks had a parade. Lakers <laughs> haven't had one. Won't have one. Um, you know, the real true fan celebration, I guess, I guess downtown LA did have that. I remember that actually. You, you guys got down, but yeah, dude, I just feel a little cheated. It didn't. It didn't have the say. Obviously, I, I'm not taking anything away from the championship. I'm saying the celebration. Yeah. Did, like I knew it didn't have the same umph to it, but watching the Bucks do it, I really, really saw how little like real umph it has without fans. Yeah, like we didn't get any like Mark Madsen dancing moments from this this year's Lakers or the past year's Lakers where. We always have like great moments during their parades and something that are just as fun. Like we had the Pat Riley guarantee years ago 
during the, the ceremony and stuff like that. We didn't get any of that this year. So, yeah, there's I, it, been so it many, sucks. There's been so many memorable moments during those Laker parades or speeches, whether it's Mark Madsen, Shaq, whatever it is. Like, nothing. Just nothing. We got Space Jam. <laughs> Did you see it? I watched it, yeah. Oh, okay. I, well, I haven't it. seen it yet. What did you think? I mean, this might this is shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that I think LeBron is the worst part of the movie. Wow, okay. I mean, he's not an actor. I mean, like when you he's dude, they made him act with Don Cheadle. That's just like messed up, man. Like Michael Jordan never really acted with anybody like really human, you know? Like he had like a scene with Bill Murray. I was gonna guy, say and Bill and Murray. He had, a, but... he had a but it was like a scene. Sure. They didn't really interact. And then the other guy he acted with was the dude from Seinfeld. Newman. Uh-huh. But he was just playing like a jokester the whole time. <laughs> Or like some nerd the whole time. Like Don <laughs> Cheadle is legitimately acting in this sure. movie. Like acting. And then the kid is an actor. That's not LeBron's real kid, I don't think. No. Um, so he's a good, decent actor. They got the girl from The Walking Dead to play his wife. She's an actress, actress. Like he has like like scenes where he has to like legitimately act. Like act, act. And it's I, I mean, it's not his fault. He's not an actor. But I thought the movie, like the cartoon stuff. I thought the all the cameos of all the Warner Brother properties was was really really entertaining. Um, watching like just Looney Tunes stuff is always fun. That's just that's what I grew up with. Um, I thought I mean my my fiance loved it. We watched it together. She loved it. I didn't. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I liked it. I'm, it, I'm glad I watched it. How about that? Cool. Like I I know Harrison uh, called it the best movie he's ever seen. So. Um... It sounds like you're somewhere in the middle in terms of silver screen roll people. A lot of the people. Yeah, loved yeah. It. I'm not. A, I don't. I didn't hate it, and I know that's like I'm not coming off of it as a LeBron hater or anything. I'm just saying like he was the worst part of the movie. I mean, that's not <laughs> saying much. His well, acting was terrible. <laughs> I mean, you're not selling me on this movie. I was. I was. I was on the fence of going to see it or not, and now I don't know. Small spoiler, but not really. Go ahead. When the Toon Squad is assembled that is my favorite part of the movie that's the spoiler i I mean i assume i assume they would assemble yeah it's like the avengers assembly but when they assemble okay like how how they how they assemble got it got it is the best part of the movie and that's when like lebron's not really acting but it's it's really funny and awesome and i think it's like like geared towards our age demographic like if you are oh, okay. around our age and you see that, like how the Toon Squad, like you'll see all the cameos and everything. Like it's it's really good. It's really really. Oh, good. cool! I mean, I still I want mean, to check Warner it out. Brothers owns everything. I didn't even yeah. realize. It's crazy. They own everything, and I know it's a kids' movie, but like there's a bunch of adult cameos. Hey, and, and uh, yeah, I saw I saw the Droogs from for Clockwork Orange fans. I saw them pop up in the trailer mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Whoever seen that's a Stanley Kubrick movie for the younger audience. Uh. Yeah, like I was not expecting to see them in in the background of Space Jam, and I saw Pennywise in, in there as well. So Pennywise, you have like the Night King from Game of Thrones. <laughs> the drag, the dragons make a bunch of uh, make a whole bunch of uh, cameos. Um, there's, I don't want to say them all because I think they're all cool, but there they, there is a lot of them. I mean, I'll check it out. I mean, what else do I have to do? It's on HBO Max. It's free if you have HBO Max. All right, all right. So. Before before we go, do so you think? Just to wrap up the center thing, do you think mm-hmm. the Lakers take the same approach they did this offseason, or did they go back to just lob threats? Wow. Well, I don't think Drummond's coming back. 
Oh yeah, I know. I didn't. We didn't even talk about him, but uh, okay. Uh, because he says he's not taking the veterans minimum. So that's two centers that you think are leaving. So that means you have to sign two centers. So who? Those two centers look like Javale and Dwight, or do they look more like the guys we just saw? Probably more like Javale and Dwight. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know I'm like super like, yeah, they're going to bring in only AD and LeBron back. I also wouldn't be surprised if they all come back. I really would. Wouldn't. I would be. I, I, I think at this point, I before when we used to when we recorded, I thought, I think we were on the same page. Like, yeah, I could see like a majority of these guys coming back. Now, I don't know what's happened these past few weeks, but I'm like, I don't think like 80% of the team is coming back. That's going to be interesting because I don't know who's right and who's wrong. And I don't even think Rob knows yet. I really don't. I don't really. I don't know if Rob knows what he wants to do yet. So, have you got your Russell Westbrook Laker jersey yet? No, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be opposed to Russell. He's fun to watch. I was gonna say we need, we need to do a full pod on on Westbrook because I I, I have a feeling a major, not a majority but a good segment of Laker fans uh, he'd be very polarizing uh, if if that trade were to happen. Yeah, probably. But. I'm just trying to think of like all the times Russell Westbrook has killed the Lakers and how nice it would be for him to go kill somebody else. He's an LA kid. That'd be fun. Like He's an LA kid. from that perspective. Yeah. And like I said, don't plan for the future when LeBron's on your team plan for now. Mm-hmm. And that would be a plan for now to go win right now. Yeah. I would be cool with. Well, Alex, congratulations on coming back to silver screen man. That's very cool. Thank very you. Happy. Yeah. Every Tuesday. Check it out Al- at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Uh, I'm Alex Pedia at AlexPedia86 on Twitter. And we will be with you guys. I think we're back like in two days, dude. I think we're back on Monday. Monday. Oh. I don't know what we're talking about on Monday. but I'm sure we'll get some more news by then. We will figure it out by then. Alex, have a great day. Thank you. You too, man. Thanks.